0: Josh, who's a better actor, Tommy Wiseau or James Dean? You gotta tear me apart! I'm Joe. Josh. You've got questions?
1: You're feeling grounded.
0: Welcome to Feeling Grounded with your hosts, Josh and Joe. So what we want you all to do right now is subscribe to Feeling Granted Podcast, like this video, share this video to any person that you think might enjoy our content. Also, become a patron. We want you guys to join us on Patreon, only paying three bucks a month, and you guys will get to see exclusive content that Josh and I genuinely enjoy, love to put out there. Also, follow us on Instagram at Feeling Granted Podcasts. And we like to put extra stuff on there before each episode airs. Also, I want you guys put some comments. We want you guys to start a discussion with us. It's important because these are uh, topics that Josh and I want to see more people discussing. Yes. L- leave a comment or leave a question because that's what we're all about. We won't shut you down unless we don't like you. No, <laughs> You're just being a jerk entertainment where's the entertainment guys
1: rebel without a cause
0: this has been on my list for probably the last 15 20 years and now finally watching it for the first time i can see the appeal see the appeal
1: yeah yeah so for those who don't know this was a movie that was released in 1955 mm-hmm. starring uh james dean and natalie wood mm. um and this I think this might have been James Dean's last movie,
0: yeah, because he died uh three weeks
1: before, I think before
0: premiere before premiere right yeah he he ran his uh silver porsche off the highway. Oh, that's right,
1: yeah, I knew it was a car crash mm-hmm. Wow, but um, yeah, so yeah, it was in nineteen fifty five um American drama film all about like emotionally confused suburban middle class teenagers. Mm-hmm. So dealing with kind of the descent of the family model, which is interesting. And this is yes. kind of to talk about this. Was so first of all, I love this movie. And I, every time we talk about movies, it's it's a good movie that I love. So I feel like I'm always saying I love this movie. <laughs> but I do, <laughs> I think it's great. And I understand why James Ean was so loved um as an actor. Cause he's just like, he's a legend in it. Like he was just so natural and it didn't feel like he was acting. It just was just like this cool character that was just like there on screen, just saying things.
0: Yep. Like um, you could have just put a camera in front of him as if it was just one of his days that he's living yeah, life.
1: Exactly. And he was just, he was just there and just chilling out with people and talking and being this new kid. And
0: yeah, that's, it's like a kind of reminds me of the Eagle song, you know, new kid in town. Every, everybody loves him because of the fact that he is new and so natural and you know natalie wood of course she grows to have a fondness for him because of the fact that he's so comfortable in his own skin when it comes to other people near him
1: yeah yeah exactly then of course And,
0: and she loves that quiet confidence and that and that's a really good rule of thumb for any guy
1: yeah, exactly. Just being confident in who you are. Yeah. I think confidence is like a severe, isn't like a, really is a deficit today. Like people are not as confident
0: mm-hmm.
1: anymore. And I think there's a lot of insecurities that people feel and experience and, and I'm sure technology has something to do with this, but I don't want to talk about that too much today. Yeah. But um, I think that, yeah, I think that's, that's huge. The confidence in who you are and in your like natural Settings just existing with other people
0: I also noticed that with Jim's character, James Dean. Um, he of course was had this quiet confidence about him, but that kind of comes from the idea that knowing when to shut up and letting other people talk so that when you talk yourself, other people listen, and even if they disagree with you, they respect you more. I think that's a really overlooked uh principle of his character that when he does speak, uh, other people notice
1: yeah definitely and that's great yeah that's big to just have that kind of position obviously it's a movie or whatever but like to to be able to bring in people's attention while you speak Mm -hmm. is beautiful it's a powerful thing
0: so he's a youngster of course a teenager and this is all about you know a movie that defines like what a teenager is and you know, the breakdown of the nuclear family. He's a youngster grappling with, you know, the pains of growing up in the 1950s, you know, conformity following the war was, was breaking down. Uh, the youth felt pressure that America was, you know, picture-perfect post-World War II. And it clearly was not. And, you know, teens felt concerned about how to, you know, conduct themselves, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because growing up, everyone always would talk about how the '50s was like the perfect, era, yeah. the perfect decade. That this was the the best time for family, for faith, for for morality, for everything, for for you know, people would say style and music and, and all that. Um,
0: it's a very leave it to Beaver, uh, rose colored glasses mentality. Yeah, like the
1: well, like, Dick Van Dyke Show, like all this stuff, kind of just shows like you know, Dad went to work and. Mom took care of the home and the kids and was happy about it. And then when they came home, they were happy together with with a meal at the table and then relax at the television, you know, Mm -hmm. afterwards. And so you just kind of get this like, like everyone was just happy, you know, everything was innocent and good. But then a movie like this comes out Mm -hmm. and shows the reality of of how the new, like you said, the nuclear family is starting to fall apart. Yep. And it's crazy, man. And I think, especially for us, you know, when we, we talk a lot about like men and masculinity, the big problem with this family, the Starks, Jim, you know, Dean, James Dean's family, mm-hmm. the fact that the, the dad, the father figure, just is not really a father figure. He's a complete wimp. Exactly. Yeah. He, he has. He's. I don't. I don't want to say feminized, but like he's emasculated
0: no i think it's fair to say that he is feminized because you see the apron that he wears is clearly he meant apron,
1: uh, He gives like food he gives him food and money and he's not yeah
0: and he's and and worst of all this is the thing that stuck with me the most when james Dean is actually trying to really give his soul to his parents and really talk about what happened and they just deny deny accuse him or worst of all in the father's case he doesn't even listen to James Dean. This is about an hour of the way through the movie. And he's like, you're absolutely right. He's saying to Jim, you're absolutely right. And then James Dean just like shouts at him. He's like, you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, parenthood is, of course, one of the hardest jobs in the entire world. I can't really speak to that. But from what the people that I know, you included, that it's an incredibly hard job to listen to yourself. And you, know, you lose the respect of your kids when you don't at least listen to them because exactly. I feel-
1: and because that's, that's a big issue. Right. And I think oftentimes there is this kind of like mentality of, you know, I did your diapers. I like took care of you. I did all this stuff. And so like, there's this kind of, you know, parent to child relationship that kind of exists oftentimes where it's like, no, you don't understand what you're dealing with. And I'm not, and you just, you're fine. Like everything's fine.
0: Yeah, in that same so, conversation, the dad's like, when you're older, you will understand. Yeah,
1: exactly. But it, clearly, that was, wrong.
0: it was an argument that they were trying to argue something that was morally wrong.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Um, And then just tell, like trying to shoot him down as if he wouldn't understand until he reaches their age. But it's a universal truth. He knows what's morally good. And that's what's interesting. You know, it's a rebel without a cause. Clearly, the kid does have a cause, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is the irony.
1: Exactly. And so, yeah. And for me as a parent too, like the importance of listening to your kid is, is so, I mean, it's, it's immense. Yeah. It's so incredibly important for your child to know that you're listening, especially if daddy is listening, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Especially if dad is paying attention to you, because I know with my son, he, and even just the babies too, if I, if I like, if they, they have my attention they just are better they're happier they're enjoying life more they're not asking for attention they're not you know reacting they're not getting angry they're not fussing they're not you know being emotional throwing tantrums if they know that daddy is with them they're listening is attentive to them Mm is playing with them and it is down to their level then they're at peace and they're happy Mm -hmm. excited and know that they're loved and that's the descent here it's just the reality that like you know, dad, mom, and then the scenario, I just don't care enough. You know, the dad kept saying, like, listen, I bought you all this stuff. Like, I got these things for you. Like, isn't that enough?
0: And that pride sets in. Yeah, it's...
1: Exactly. So you, yep. should, so in return, you need to, like, love me and be better because I'm getting you things. But it, it, does,
0: it doesn't equate respect. Exactly. From the kid from the kid's side. Yeah. No,
1: it doesn't. It doesn't. Materialism doesn't do anything. It doesn't do any good.
0: No. And if you that's another representation of the 50s, too, because you have all these other inventions that came up. You know, you have your television, at least you have at least one in the suburbs of each family home, um, refrigerators, Wash uh just machines. yes, washing machines. Yep.
1: Everything, right? Um and so really just just for a, a, a dad, especially to go down to the level and, and to look at their son in the face and say, I know, and I'm sorry, I know, and I'm sorry. And to just be present for them. Let me help you. Let me help you out of this. Like, let me take care of you. You know, what do you need? Um, but like to just be in a connection with them as opposed to just saying, no, you're fine. Everything's fine. I me. I'll just buy you a new thing or whatever. It's such a problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I think t- in today's world fatherlessness it's at an all-time high yeah. and I think the a lot of the fathers that are in the homes are not there you know and I think we, we hear about this so many times and I see this and these kids most of them don't even know their fathers because they're working or in they're away all the time they're you know they're bringing home the bacon but then these kids are falling apart because of that reality they're they're acting out they're not you know investing in their education they're not like being present they're they're starting fights at school they're swearing they're being exposed to all the stuff that they shouldn't be exposed to and so that really has such a massive impact on on the family model you know on the nuclear family and so as much as people hate to say it Men need to be men. Men need to be fathers. They need to be masculine, not in the sense of a beard and a flannel shirt and chopping wood outside, but like you need to just lead to love, mm-hmm. love your family, you know? And then that to, to realize that that comes first above everything else. Yeah. For the betterment of your family.
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, something that sticks out with me from what you just said. Um, I remember Judy... Uh, the character, Natalie Wood's character, and James Dean in the mansion in the second half of the film, um, Judy kind of confesses why she's fallen in love with James Dean's character. And I believe she said, you know, of course, she loves him for his masculine qualities, but also the fact that she is sensitive. Uh, he is sensitive um, and empathetic. And he exudes that at the very beginning of the movie when he offers his coat to the other um, person before he goes in to be questioned by the cops.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, I know,
0: and I know it's that firsthand because I had this impression based on the title, Rebel Without a Cause. You see James Dean on the cover. I thought he was just going to have rebellious tendencies and just a devil may care attitude but it clearly was not the case and threw me for a whirlwind just as i'm sure it did for the character judy
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely so he kind of exuded those traits that he didn't wasn't receiving from his parents you know Mm -hmm. and that's that is interesting that he was able to to love and to feel for others Mm -hmm. in a way that he wasn't really receiving at home Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah that's so true and and that is that's everything. You know, I think oftentimes we do live in a time where, I mean, it's always been this way that men aren't supposed to talk or they're not supposed to share their feelings they're not supposed to feel empathy. Like they're supposed to just like live their life and then they die, like um, trying to achieve success and whatever that may look like. But when, when you're able as a man to share your heart with another person, mm-hmm. the, the, the vulnerability that, you know, r- is required to do something like that, the, the the amount of growth that you gain from that is is massive like it really is massive um, you know I think I look back on our like college experience a lot and something that we did a lot was we'd go on retreats
0: yeah and we was, and um, we
1: led them you and I and we would yeah yeah we would lead them and I remember I was the, I was the team leader to that search retreat and um, search was massive because this retreat was all about like what are you looking for? Like, you know, what is, where's is your heart at? How can you receive healing? And, um, and everyone who went away in this weekend was able to find, find healing. And I went through a lot of hard stuff in college, just in my own personal life. And so to be able to work that out and to have a place where I can go to people, someone like you and like Zach and all these other individuals and just share stories and share like what was going on, like the gunk in my life and being vulnerable and, and open I was able to receive so much healing and, and,
0: and life wasn't so bad. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And you, you, you know, you learn about forgiveness and you learn about all this stuff through these experiences and you become a better man as a result, mm-hmm. you know, and I just feel for people that don't have the outlets like that. Like they don't have a time that so they can like open up and, and give people their gunk um, in order to better themselves. You right. Know? And uh, that's not, it's necessary. I think. Mm-hmm vulnerability is scary and it's so scary as a man but I think when you get to that place it's it's totally worth it
0: yeah to be an emotional rock where you don't show things is um in the short term it could actually be pretty beneficial but that can kind of warp your sense of reality and then you kind of it kind of eats away at your soul
1: yeah exactly you bottle everything up and it's going to explode eventually you know that's a cliche right but um yeah, you weren't you weren't made for that. You weren't made for that. So, but yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk about too, really briefly, was just to like discuss like like where this descent kind of came from. Like, where did all this kind of occur? And I think you know, oftentimes we 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 look at that generation, like I said, and we say like this was the best time. This was the best time. But I think you know, after a lot of studies have been done, and when people have really put a microscope to the '50s, they starting, they realize like how broken. People were especially after the war,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, like how people, men, just came home with all these,
0: all this baggage.
1: Yeah, baggage and the trauma and PTSD and, and you know being shell shocked and all this stuff, and it just triggered the, you know, alcohol abuse and you know substance abuse, domestic abuse, like all like all of this yep. stuff, which then destroys the family, you know. So I think that played like a massive role in that. But in the same token. It's also seen as like this this generation of men was also like the best because of their experiences as well that they were mm-hmm. they knew what they were living for and they were able to have the confidence to come home and marry their sweetheart because they you know they were shooting people and were being shot at mm-hmm. to like live through something like that like then they can conquer any battle you know yeah good point so there is that that flip side too but mm-hmm. yeah I think it all kind of stems from that
0: these first these first two decades the 50s and the 60s, it was kind of the degradation of the the nuclear family, and we're seeing the effects of it even uh, still today.
1: Yeah, exactly. The sixties was really pivotal in that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because like my impression of the sixties is like it's the worst time ever. Like I think I think in music it was the best, mm-hmm. but I think for for society, for culture, for humanity, it was. Such
0: a- cer- it certainly gave something great as far as material goes, which kind of leads me back into Rebel Without yeah, a Cause, where uh, Judy, Jim, and Plato are uh, you know they're making home in an abandoned mansion right and it's an eerily beautiful segment because you know it's escaping from this adult world that clearly they will have to be fallen prey to in the near future, um, but they're making something perfect out of it uh, in the short term.
1: Right. Yeah, that's, that's true. that's true. I know that, that whole thing is so interesting with the three of them because that, and that's something cool to talk about too is like how James Dean's character becomes kind of like a father figure to this Plato even though it's just like an instantaneous moment when they're together but like you just see that they kind of have almost like this nuclear family experience just on, the, their, on their own. Yeah, right. Plato's the kid and then Natalie and James are the you know together mom and dad in this house that they just find like <laughs> it's crazy so you just see like this brokenness that they desire family to the point where they're just going to be together as those three randos that are like trying to live this way because of their brokenness at home like all of them
0: yeah that's where they're uh, i don't really know too much about plato's uh uh family life but as far as judy and Jim go, that's kind of how they found their uh, their bond.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the same with Plato. So Plato, too, his parents were gone. They were, like, on vacation or something. So nanny Oh, was yeah. them And, like, for a long period of time, for like, years. I, mean, I think he said, like, he hasn't seen his dad in like since he was, like, a baby or something like that. something mm-hmm. ridiculous. And so, again, you see the same problems. Mommy and daddy aren't home. So here's the issue. And then, of course, he leads to his insanity at the end with, with wanting to kill people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is such a good movie. It's like such a good statement.
0: You can probably unpack this even more so than what we are doing because there's so many layers to it.
1: Yeah, no, there really is. I mean, there really is. Um, yeah, so what I would say watch this movie, tear it to pieces, think about it, talk about it, discuss it, and just, just realize like the importance of the family model because it's, it's so incredibly important and in our, in our culture today has no concept of this still. And it's, I mean, it's just gone you know, downhill since.
0: The future is inevitable, but let's travel back in time. September 15th, 1935, mm-hmm. Nuremberg laws uh, were put in place. It's the first piece of racist legislation uh, that would result in the Holocaust. Um, this was designed by adolf hitler and it first of all deprived jews of german citizenship and then also forbade sex or more importantly marriage between uh, jews and those with german blood Mm. so that's
1: so the fact that that is a thing (laughs) like a law that says that like you can't wed another someone who's a different race or whatever like that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. a different religion or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to say yeah horrible horrible stuff everything with the holocaust it's like it's it's so disgusting and so jarring i I mean
0: go ahead
1: it was like one of the biggest atrocities ever the fact that the hatred of the jews and what they went through i mean there's, there's you can't even fathom like what it was like
0: i had toured in auschwitz Uh, it was about a four hour tour, loved our tour guide because she really made you feel immersed and, you know, care about the place that you were and have respect for, you know, the events that happened and have, um, empathy of course. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it was a four hour tour and by the end you were, you were drained just, just by walking at it and seeing all the atrocities, uh, cause we went to Auschwitz one and Auschwitz to Bergenau, uh, which was Auschwitz two, Auschwitz three, I think, was burned down. Um, yeah, you saw the train tracks, you saw the, the gas chamber and they were asking you not to take pictures inside the gas chamber out of like respect. You could take pictures in other areas. Um, but yeah, um, one, one of the worst parts of that, one of the worst parts was in part of the museum, you saw piles and piles of shoes uh and hair it was it was like a whole room
1: it's such a horrible atrocity the um but there is something to that like i remember reading one of my favorite books to read is man's search for meaning Mm -hmm. which i think we we might have talked about before but Mm -hmm. but um you know it was just like this psychologist's response to him being imprisoned in Auschwitz and um, his own experience there, like how he saw everything and how he he basically just took it with like an analytical perspective while he was there. And he just took notes down and all this stuff. And it's just crazy to see like what happens to humanity in, in those given circumstances. Yeah. It's really crazy. I remember almost every year I, in a lot of my classes we would discuss the holocaust and a lot of, a lot of the stories like we you know we read night by ellie Wiesel oh of course and the boy in striped pajamas or whatever mm-hmm. um and frank and frank yeah diary of Anne frank so yeah there was always like there's an english class there was always a segment on the holocaust because there's just so much good literature that came out of it and it was just a horrible time that like there's a lot of stories to to listen to and to learn, learn from so September fifteenth, nineteen seventy seven. So Joseph, there is a nuclear test site, a nuclear test facility, above ground and underground, in Nevada. Probably about I don't know six hundred miles away from Las Vegas. And so basically, this is kind of crazy when we were like learning about nuclear technologies and nuclear devices in the fifties, the early fifties to mid to late, um, they would test it at this location,
0: Hmm.
1: but they would just, for a long time, they did it above ground, which I think is insane, (laughs) where they would literally just bomb this test site, which is like, I think it was like 1300 square miles and what they were finding is that they didn't realize, I guess, that radiation was a thing. And there's some <laughs> videos I, I saw where, like, there was, like, literally, like, there were tests. They were, like, training soldiers and, uh, and bombs were going off and they were getting hit with radiation. Like, <laughs> so we were bombing our own people, basically. And then the wind would carry the fallout into, yep. like, local towns and cities in Nevada and Utah. And people were being just poisoned. And, like, cancer, like, exploded. And those yeah. Were- and they never like did anything about this except they just decided to do all the testing underground instead of above ground. I don't like like they're scientists they're creating these things and they don't like realize that radiation is a thing or that there's a like a byproduct of the nuclear explosion.
0: It's the equivalent of nah, it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there's so many people, like so many veterans and so many just families that have towns and cities and locations that have been destroyed because of this. And it's just it's just nuts. But in 1977, so September 15th, the ebb tide. And it was um this one was done underground because they came to the realization. And it was a little bit of a smaller bomb. It was only six kilotons. And um it went off at 236 on September 15,
0: 1977. It was on yeah, the this- PM. PM, yep. Okay.
1: So yeah, that happened. I, I was reading this article and it just blew my mind <laughs> like that, this, that this was even a thing. I remember seeing footage from like Nevada test site explosions, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that like they would have people close to it that could be hit by the radiation. And then also just neighboring towns and cities that were just getting, you know, rained and radiation. Like it's horrible and nuclear fallout.
0: It's basically do it and then apologize for it later. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear anything about. I mean, I'm sure there was lawsuits and stuff, but I don't know if anything fell through or not. But I'm sure. I'm sure they. They hopefully realized and, and paid people back for of The
0: damages. <laughs> it's time for happy, crappy. So how you doing, Joe? I'm doing okay. Uh, do, I feel- always,
1: sorry, do I? I always say, like, how you doing? Joe?
0: yeah that's kind of been our trademark
1: yeah but that, that's, like our, <laughs> that's, that's like it'll be on my tombstone i'll just be like how you doing joe
0: is that implied that we're gonna get buried together
1: <laughs> hey who knows <laughs> so anyways how are you doing joseph
0: i feel like this week was a lot better than last week i feel like i've got a lot of rest on my on my belt, and I could use a little bit more, truth be told, but I'm feeling okay. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, it was a pretty nice week, kind of just diving into real life again. Now that school is starting and, and all that, I haven't gotten into the classroom quite yet, but um, just kind of prepping for everything. It's all getting real. But um, yeah,
0: yeah, it was a good week any unexpected changes or just rolling with the punches
1: yeah so it's kind of going back to the way things used to be pre-COVID which is nice which is much better because normally because during COVID I was in the classroom a lot um, just because I wasn't really doing as much outside of the school Um, Mm -hmm. so now we're going back to how it used to be which was that uh, me going in to the classroom like maybe once a week once every other week and then the majority of the time is my events and my youth groups and all that stuff that I yeah. get to really invest in, which is nice. Cause last year was tough because I would be in the classroom so much that it was hard for me to really invest in my youth groups. And so I kind of had to put that on the back burner a bit. It was and- hard
0: for a lot of people to invest. I'm sure. Cause with remote learning, you have no. yeah
1: Exactly. And all of that. Yeah. It just took up so much time. But um yeah, so I'm happy things are going back to normal. Feels good. Mm-hmm. and i was kind of seen because i you know i'm not really a teacher so i would just go in like literally this is my subject my class on the kids schedules it just said josh like it's so it'd be like math science religion and then like josh <laughs> so i would just come in and just like do whatever with them i would play with them i would you know, do games we would do discussions talks i'd have them ask questions like
0: one credit for the josh course
1: <laughs> yeah exactly but it was good to be in there. Like I said, it was really hard because that's not normal for me.
0: But yeah,
1: yeah. Excited for this year. I think it's gonna be good. I'm fired up, I'm ready to go. Things
0: to be great. New year. Rested and recouped.
1: So my um, happy was my parents came and stayed with us this past weekend. They're here mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and left Sunday morning, which is nice because I don't see them very often. Yeah. Um, it was super great. Uh, I went fishing with my dad. Uh, in the mornings and just hung out with my family. It was really good for my kids to, to see their grandparents. Uh, yeah. And it was just, just a great time.
0: Would you, what else did you guys do? Just a lot of hanging around that you watching your movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We watched some movies. We, just, we hung around a lot. We watched Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Um, we did, they watched some movies with, with Eli and um Yeah. It was just a pretty chill time. It was nice. You know, we didn't really like go and do anything, but besides just going to the beach.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you went to the beach too?
1: Well, it, yeah, because the fishing was at the beach. So I'll oh, go wow. with my dad. Okay. We go, go to the beach and we would fish and just kind of chill there. I thought
0: there was some lake where you were.
1: No, no, no. Yep. Okay. Which was nice. And then uh, that's it. Yeah, just had a lot of good food and just relaxed.
0: Good. That's I'd great. say uh, my happy was today. Um worship team for church uh playing there was uh a blessing as it always is um i felt felt like we really knocked the socks off a lot of people i've tried uh found a lot of optimism in what we were doing uh to top it all off i gave a testimony um which um it felt good to be involved and to be asked to do that and certainly hope i made some impact but from what i heard it, it made some um something happened to people so i was happy to at least give a give an experience
1: that's great yeah i think our testimony is really powerful oftentimes um especially when people have the opportunity to share i think it's it's very very powerful can have a great impact it was the stories is everything you know like telling a story (laughs) just has people gripped so there's a lot of there's a lot of power in storytelling that's you know what testimony is
0: yeah we grow up we grow up with storytelling and that's kind of something that keeps us engaged because you know there's hopefully in most cases because i i delve into weird stories but uh hopefully there's a beginning middle and end sometimes i tarantino by going back to the middle by going back to the beginning
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go but uh that's great that's great awesome what's your crappy
0: uh this is something that kind of hits hard um the more I thought about it and the more like I, uh, well, I should probably just go out and say it. Uh, I had left friends a couple days ago, uh, you know, to start off the the week at, uh, my job, but in leaving my friends, I've been visiting a lot of people for this last month or so traveling a lot, not really exactly having some time in my apartment alone. Um, I won't get into specifics, but a lot of friends I know are moving away Mm -hmm. that I have been, uh, visiting, which, which can be sad. You know, I've traveled a lot these past few weeks and, you know, I've done a lot of that in these past three or four years, uh, this three or four year period of traveling. Um, and I get the feeling I'm going to be doing less of that because they are moving even a little bit further away. It's, it's a little bit sad, but it's a sign. And I talked to my parents about this, uh, for about a half hour or so. And I think my mom just said like, you're basically moving on from that. It's like, you'll still see these people, but it's gonna be uh, fewer and farther between. And that must be a sign that there's something greater for you personally that you got to work on. Not sure exactly what that is yet, but um, change is a very difficult thing um, in, in, in the short term.
1: Right. No, it definitely is. It definitely is. Definitely. Because I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just akin to human nature, you know? Mm -hmm. And I always thought that I was good with change. Mm -hmm. I always sought it out because I I always desired to like make differences and make changes in my life. But every time that I do, especially like big changes, like it really is hard to to Mm -hmm. manage. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, oftentimes Changes can be for the better, and like when a friend moves away, it's it is hard to come to, to reality with that. And um, there's a lot of like retro, like inner um, sort of like reflections that can kind of come with that too. Um, and I think, yeah, it can be it can be tough, man. So so I feel you there.
0: You you want to see like more and more people, but you realize that you're kind of growing out of it. People are getting older, they're getting married. Um, and they've got something new that they have to focus on themselves, and that leaves you. You might feel like you're high and dry, but there's there's a blessing coming out of this crappy, and I can feel it. Not exactly sure what it could be, but I feel something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. With time, time, time will know. Mm-hmm. uh Something my dad said to me once a while ago. I kind of was struggling with this too that kind of was a bit of comfort for me. It was just like realization that like, that's what life is. Like life is a series of meetings and parties. Um, and I think, you know, with that in mind, it's like, well, yeah. And just, just recognizing that and seeing that. And well, you know, so if, if maybe one friendship becomes strained or or, or kind of fades, well, mm-hmm. something new is going to come up, you know, yeah. maybe something new, some new people are going to come into your life or, mm-hmm gonna grace you with with who they are and their humanity and they're gonna create better you know memories and and, and all that stuff, so let's mm-hmm. just, just hold on to that reality and then but I feel you there it is it is hard when people get up and go, yeah' because life move up moves on at different rates and it's for different for everybody you know different for everyone and um yeah I feel amen
0: well we'll always have these amen. <laughs>
1: My invisible monk. <laughs> so my crampy. I am uh, using my MacBook camera because the camera that I was supposed to get to work last week, I needed a cable for, and then I bought a cable, and I think it was the wrong cable because it's not working. Either that, or I just don't know what I'm doing, but which could either that uh, could either be the case. So I bought a new cable, and I'm hoping that this one will work so I can look have a nice camera, HD, 1080p, mm. lens.
0: I should probably invest in one of those because every time I come to edit these videos, it's uh, 720 and that's kind of all that I've got. That's okay. That's, that's, all, that's, all, that's all that comes up in the feed. It, it, like it's kind of blotted out the 1080p, but right. uh, we'll see once we upgrade and feel grounded in uh, our views
1: yeah exactly yeah people do patreon become patrons joe could afford a better
0: so (laughs) i'm not poor
1: (laughs) no it's it's for the joe it's for it's for the people it's for the patreon
0: feel bad feel feel bad feel bad for us i i misspoke yes I'm, i'm destitute even though i have a laptop
1: my kids need food my kids need food i can't afford it unless you pay me
0: We we are renting out these buildings.
1: We're broke. (laughs) This is just a room. I don't actually have a house. This is just room. These are are shacks. (laughs) I just I'm squatting here. I don't even know who this (laughs) this. No,
0: pay pay your own accord, people. Yeah, no, yeah. So what we want you all to do right now is subscribe to Feeling Grounded podcast. Like this video. Share this video to any prospective person that might want to enjoy our content. Also, follow us on Instagram at Feeling grounded Podcast. We have a bunch of content on there and funny stuff before each episode that, uh... I, mean, I genuinely enjoy putting on yeah. those memes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. But also, become a patron also for three bucks a month. You guys can see extra content that Josh and I genuinely enjoy, like, to put on there. Um... Also, we have included Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and Amazon Music. You can find the link in our Instagram bio.
1: Leave some comments. Leave a question. If you have some questions for us, we can do question segments. So pause the video and put a comment, you dingus. Or if you're listening to it on Spotify, go to YouTube and leave a comment or Instagram.
0: But you've got questions?
1: You're feeling grounded.